It's honestly, you know, it's crazy because I feel like I didn't play as good as I wanted to. You know, I left a lot of plays out there. Uh, but to still be able to affect the game and, you know, be able to win the way we did, that's really just a testament of our preparation. I mean, the way our, our camp went, we had an incredible camp and a show today. Welcome back to Ravens Recap. It is September 2020, and... Guys, we had something happen this past weekend that a few months ago we weren't even sure if it would be happening right now. But even though it had happened without fans in the stands, we had week one of the NFL season, and the Ravens picked up right where they left off in the regular season, at least, with just a total dismantling of the Browns, thirty-eight to six. We have thoughts, as you know, and we're gonna we're gonna talk about it right now. Yeah, absolutely, Peter. There's uh, a ton of great stuff to take away from this game. We've been talking about it over the last couple of weeks about different players that we've been excited to see for the first time. We've talked about, you know, who players we had last year are going to take a step up or, you know, get better and significantly in some way. And I got to be honest, overall, you know, I don't think this could have gone any better. There was a lot uh, across the board on offense and defense and even special teams uh, to take away from this game is like huge positives. Yeah, I want to just kick off with the defense because we saw them take the field first and boy, Calais Campbell made his huge frame noticed. He was all over the first drive, creating pressure, dropping back into coverage and even uh, deflecting the ball that resulted in the Marlon Humphrey interception. Yeah, he made his impact right away and that play like... He just shows you the kind of athlete he is. He's not just a big body up front. That guy, like, he could really leapt out there like a uh, power forward in basketball to tip that ball. And then you had Humphrey right behind him, you know, just picking up where he left off from his Pro Bowl season last year. It was great to see a turnover for the Ravens defense on the very first drive of the season. Yeah, even though uh, Justin Matabuke was uh, not playing this week due to an injury, there was some great rotation on the D-line. Like you guys said, I mean, Campbell seemed to have a pretty good game. There was only one play that I noted where it was a little bit of a a mental lapse or or maybe like a um, rotation issue or something, but it looked like Calais was trying to get off the field, but then was put back on. And unfortunately, the Browns kind of ran a counter away from where his side was going to be and and picked up 29 yards. Other than that play, I, I thought Calais looked really, really good. Uh, like you guys said, I mean, he got his hands on a couple of balls. I want to say he had two or three pass deflections, including the the uh, tip to, to Humphrey to get the interception. Wolf had a couple of good pressures from what I saw as well. And then, uh, you know, Brandon Williams, I think, looks, you know, as good as he's looked all of last year. Seems to be playing really well now that he's kind of in that, no- firmly in that nose tackle spot with uh, Michael Pierce uh, moving on to the Vikings. And even... Uh, you know, Broderick Washington, our other rookie, you know, I remember he was probably the one name on the list of, of rookies this year that I was kind of like, huh? Like, didn't really stand out to me, but I saw him play and, you know, he had a, he had a handful of good plays uh, in yesterday. There was, um, you know, as as far as like a fifth round rookie goes, like, I thought he had a couple of plays to contribute to as well. So um, was really, really happy overall, uh, you know, with how that unit went. I was surprised that he got so many snaps. Again, maybe it's because of Matabuke's injury and they were looking for someone to take on that kind of workload. But uh, that was actually really surprising to me. 
And like you said, he performed quite well and above expectation, in my opinion, as well. They did not get the kind of pressure I was hoping for this game, despite trying. Uh, they, they definitely had quite a few different packages, like the race car didn't disappear. They did bring it back. But overall, the amount of pressure they got on Baker Mayfield wasn't what I was looking for. I was a little disappointed by that. What did you guys think? I agree. You know, Derek Wolf did lead the Ravens in QB hits yesterday, but it was only two. And, you know, you only got two sacks on Mayfield, and at least one of them was, was it was a great play by Tyus Bowser, but it was also towards the end of the game when the Browns were really pressing to to just get some points back on the scoreboard. So it's like that sack, I almost, I almost don't want to count because in under normal circumstances, when the Browns are still in the game, you know, Mayfield probably throws that ball away and, and waits for the, you know, the next drive. Cause I, I think that might've been on a fourth down play if I'm not mistaken, but yeah, I mean, it was great to see Patrick queen get his first NFL sack. Uh, he was in there for that, but it was too many times that Mayfield had too much time to throw the football. That being said, the coverage held up very well, and he wasn't able to do much, but we were still waiting to get more pressure on the quarterback from this unit. Yeah, I think that's probably one thing that Browns fans can uh, hang their hat on is their pass protection looked really, really good yesterday. I actually noted during the game, I, I think I messaged you guys this, but uh, 71 for the Browns, I think was doing a fantastic job. Uh, he's their left tackle who I think had to exit the game in the third quarter, but yeah. he was just handling any outside linebacker that we'd throw over there and uh, just was not letting any pressure get through on that side at all. And they had a lot of other really good uh, individual performances, I think across the line, like you guys said. So really hats off to those guys. But yeah, I mean, I'm hoping that we're going to find something that works. Like you mentioned, Peter, I think one thing that was fairly successful was uh, bringing linebackers on delayed blitz. Patrick Queen looked fantastic on, on some of those delayed blitzes and was able to get a sack off of one of them. You know, he's just so fast to be able to go through the line. And, you know, he's powerful enough to be able to push blockers back. Man, overall, if we can transition to him a little bit, like I thought he had a fantastic game. You know, it was a great, great intro for a rookie. He's probably one of my like top two like highlights of the game on Sunday. Uh, He just did an absolutely great job. Yeah, I mean, you bring up a great point with uh, Patrick Queen and Malik Harrison. Both of them came out and they made their mark known. I mean... We didn't know what to expect. Obviously, as we said, we didn't see anything in preseason, but Patrick Queen was as advertised with the speed and just going all over the field. Um, Malik Harrison had a, had a very nice pass deflection um, where I had to make a bit of an athletic play to, to tip the ball away in, I believe, the second half. Pretty sure I saw that Queen, you know, both the times he was targeted in the passing game, he did give up a catch, but you know, I think that's nitpicking for a guy who came out, had eight tackles, a sack, and a QB hit, and did more than even that stat line says. Uh, great first performance for Patrick Queen. Yeah, Patrick Queen definitely was noticed around the NFL. He did get nominated for Defensive Rookie of the Week. So curious to see who ends up winning that. Dobbins actually was nominated for Offensive Side, but we'll get there eventually. I think... One thing I really want to talk about in regards to this defense is I was actually very disappointed in the way that we defended the run. 
it, it kind of triggered me. I listened to some fantasy podcasts and they were like, oh, like they had a lot of trouble running against the Ravens. And I was like, yo, did you just look at the stat line? Which like wasn't even that bad. I I disagree wholeheartedly. I think if they establish the run, as we always love to say, they actually might have had a little bit more success against us. That was one thing that was working for their defense. They need to like not let Baker Mayfield touch the ball. Yeah, that that would be the that's the way that they can succeed. The guy sucks. Total calamity. The fact that Lamar Jackson fell to thirty two and four quarterbacks were taken in front of him is unbelievable. Uh, like this guy he's terrible you know a lot of crap has been said about obj and i understand he had two drops that he shouldn't have had but he also was missed by baker twice and one of them would have been a short touchdown if he if he made the pass so like i can understand why he'd be frustrated this guy sucks he he has horrible mechanics like (laughs) i'm just like watching him and i'm like gosh i don't know how you ever looked okay (laughs) like you you degraded into nothing, and and you can't even blame his offensive line. Like Chris was saying, the pass protection wasn't that bad. Like, yeah, I don't think he's any good. <laughs> I, think they, I think they need to move away as soon as as possible. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, all that aside, I I kind of agree with you that the run D was you know it was a little suspect. If the Browns would have had more volume, I think it definitely could have been a weak spot for the Ravens. Um, yeah, I, I gotta say, as far as the linebackers are concerned, you know, I, from what I saw, I, I thought Queen did a pretty good job in, in run defense. I think the big difference between him and Harrison at this point is that Queen is just a lot more decisive, and when he finds a hole, he's gonna hit it and he's gonna hit it hard. From what I saw from Harrison, he seemed really timid to hit any of the holes uh, that came up. Um, he'd go up and make a tackle. It really didn't look like he made that all that much contact. He wasn't blowing anybody up. Queen, when you'd hit a hole, he would blow somebody up. So that kind of makes me a little bit worried. Although I guess, you know, like Peter said on the bright side, maybe Harrison's a little bit further along on the pass defense game than we expected. But I was really expecting more out of out of Harrison on that, on that point. You know, I, I think near the... You know, second and third quarter, you saw a little bit more of uh, LJ Fort coming in, even Chris Board on a couple of plays. I think LJ Fort is is definitely further along, I think, in the run defense than Harrison is. So I imagine we'll probably see you know more of of him rotated in. Uh, but the Ravens are definitely going to give Harrison as much playing time as you know as he can. Uh, you know, like we said, fortunately, like you know, the Browns only scored six points, so it's not like Harrison was like a huge weak spot. But it's definitely something to keep an eye on, and I'm sure other teams are going to keep an eye on him as uh, as maybe somebody to exploit a little bit more in the run game. Yeah, and I think some of that is to be expected um, with Harrison being a third-round pick and Queen a first. Third round certainly isn't a low pick by any means, but I think you're expecting a little more development time for those guys. Yeah, definitely be something to look at in the coming weeks. One thing I do want to say about the run defense which is interesting because I I do agree with you guys that was my takeaway watching the game it just it just seemed like while the past defense had a a lot of things really going well for them most of the rushing yards that the that Cleveland gained though was just on that touchdown drive that they had it was a 52 of their 138 yards was just from that drive alone and 29 of those were from a, a play that probably the Ravens should have called a timeout for because uh, like, like Chris said, they weren't, there was confusion. Campbell was running off the field. Then he was, came back on the field out of position at the snap. That play just had the Ravens defenders just falling all over each other. So 
you know, you wanted to see a dominant performance there, especially after uh, the fact that the the Titans were just able to to ram the ball down the, this that defense. The l- previous time we had seen this team, it's something to keep an eye on. I I will say, you know, this is one of the hardest rushing challenges this defense will have this year, this game, and when they play Cleveland again, because you got two. Cleveland has two backs that. When both those guys are on their A game, they're top 10 running backs in this league. So, <laughs> yeah, really well said, Peter. I definitely am very sensitive to the run defense right now because of the very painful loss that we had in the playoffs. It, it's absolutely why I get the heebie-jeebies whenever I see long runs get broken off and not great tackling and stuff like that. It just it gets me really badly because that's why we lost. You know, we'll talk about the offense soon, but like they can put up points, right? Like they can absolutely put up points. And our defense is quite good. So you look at it and you, it's easy to get excited. And I was getting extremely excited. I feel incredibly grateful to be a Baltimore Ravens fan. Like this team is great. We're going to have a lot of fun this season. But the defense has to get better. The next 2 weeks are huge. They're going against two attacks that should be able to do something, right? With the David Johnson uh, recovery act <laughs> after like three years of being hobbled and broken and not looking like himself. And then, uh, of course, the, the hotshot rookie, Clyde edwards Solaire, uh, and the high-powered Chiefs offense. So we have two nice challenges coming up. I hope to see them redeem themselves and figure out how to, you know, better contain the run. We are definitely playing a lot heavier than we did last year. You're seeing a lot more of the linebackers play, which is because we've invested so much draft capital in them. But I haven't seen it just yet. I want to see it. And until I see it, I think I'm going to be nervous because it just takes one team to be able to start running on you. You get behind and everything falls apart. (laughs) I don't want to live that again. (laughs) Right. Well, with that said, it was good to see that the, the pass defense, although missing some players from last year, Brandon Carr, and then obviously the big one, Earl Thomas, as we talked about going into the year uh, that the Ravens had to quickly get Deshaun Elliott up to speed and ready to start. With those changes, it was good to see that the pass defense uh, didn't miss a beat. And part of it was, yes, Baker struggled to make some reads and struggled with timing, but also Peters and Humphrey in particular uh, just played an excellent game on Sunday. Yeah, they're, they're just super good. Uh, Peters was very anticipatory, um, deflecting passes, getting in the way, not letting anyone get yardage on him. Super exciting player to watch. Obviously, Marlon had the incredible grab of the interception and other great plays. I will say with Jimmy with the back spasms and then Marlon had to go out for a couple plays when that occurred and Averett came in, I was very quickly concerned about our depth. You know, even though Tavon Young's out, Averett's going to be the guy who comes in in that situation as the, uh, outside cornerback and definitely saw a drop off in play. That's one of the times that OBJ got the separation and could have had a big gain, but then was completely missed because Baker Mayfield can't throw the ball. Uh, and, and yeah, like that got me a little concerned and Geno Stone was inactive, which was a surprise for me. So like right when that was happening and they were like, Jimmy's not good enough to come out. Averitt's in and Marlon's like undisclosed injury. I got nervous. Like <laughs> there wasn't that many people left. So very much going to keep an eye on the secondary best in class when all healthy. And I do hope and pray that they will be all healthy like the whole time and it won't matter. But 
um, definitely keep an eye out for the depth plays the rest of the year. Yeah, I will say, you know, watching this game, I, I know we raved on this guy last year a lot, but I just wanted to bring up his name again in, in Chuck Clark. Man, he, I think it's just such a fun player to watch because he's so versatile. I mean, you'll see him play 30 yards behind the line of scrimmage, like a deep safety role. And then you'll see him on the next play come up to the linebacker spot. And then you'll see on the next play of him getting uh, in a tussle with an offensive lineman when he's coming in on a delayed blitz. I'm like, this guy can literally like be lined up all over the defense and seems to do his job no matter where he's going to go. He's not going to get blown up. He's not going to make any boneheaded plays. He's going to be in the right position. He's going to do his job really well. I know he didn't stand out on the stat sheet so much, but... I mean, he had a couple of plays. He could have made an interception on one play, uh, which would have been great if he would have caught it. I think he had a great part to play in that sack uh, from Bowser because that was the play he came in on a blitz and basically blew up Chubb in the backfield who was standing right next to Baker. Baker kind of got flushed out to the left, and then Bowser was just able to finally just bring him down after chasing him for a little bit. But yeah, man, he's Chuck Clark is just is such a fun player to watch, and I'm I'm really glad that you know, everyone on the Ravens team seems to really be have a healthy amount of respect for this guy. It's just really cool. Always good to see these lower round draft picks just develop, uh, become into really solid contributors. And, and Chuck Clark is, is definitely one of those guys. And I'm just, I'm really excited he's on our team. I can't wait to see what else he's got in store for us this year. Yeah, definitely. And I think, I think you described Chuck Clark in a nutshell perfectly right there where he said, you know, it didn't show up on the stat sheet, but there was a lot of a lot of things he did that were probably unseen by you know maybe a more more casual fan. Just because I mean he's he's the definition of an unselfish player, and his he knows what his role is in the team, and uh, it's an important one, even if it's you know not the sexiest. And yeah, he's at least look looking at this game looks like he's on the path to being more than just a the one year a one year wonder the disrespect that i see for chuck clark is unsurmountable <laughs> i'm trying to buy his jersey right now because i love this player and i can't buy it without getting a custom jersey but you know who i can buy <laughs> trace mcsorley like come on <laughs> oh, that's unbelievable <laughs> i well, can't find penn, this man penn state probably <laughs> I don't care. This is ridiculous. They have players who haven't played it down for the Ravens in years. They have dead players on here. Like, you know, rest in peace, McNair. But I'm just saying, like, come on. Like, what is going on with this? <laughs> like, you could buy a DeAnthony Thomas jersey, but you can't buy Chuck Clark? That's pretty bad. <laughs> oh, there he is. I found him. I finally found him all the way at the bottom. Here we go. Almost gone. Is this, there he makes some more. Is this NFL <laughs> shop? NFL shop's kind of like hot garbage. No, it's a bottom of Raven shop, but I think it's all like powered by the same thing. <laughs> yeah. Well, actually, well, well, well. Speaking of safeties, though, what do you guys think of uh, extended playing time from Deshaun Elliott? I think he did well. Um, that being said, at the same time, uh, I don't really think the Browns really tested him as much as I thought they would. He seemed to kind of get a, a a bit of an easy easy time for his uh, first game out there, but there were definitely some plays in the run game where he brought some big hits, which is, uh, you know, that was what the hype train was about him was that he's a, he's a big hit guy. going to be it. They have those highlight reel hits. So I thought it was a good start for him, but we're going to need to see more. Yeah, you're absolutely right, Peter. I mean, he brought the hammer on that one hit 
was it Queen or, or LJ, I think, who kind of had the tackle there or just bringing the runner down and, and Elliot just completely demolished that guy and, and the sideline just blew up in excitement. <laughs> it, was, it was one of the great things, I think, in uh, in COVID times is that you can hear so much more from the sideline. Uh, hear all the reactions, hear all the uh, the F-bombs being dropped and everything. It's, it's very uh, raw and uh, uncensored and uh, it's pretty fun. Not going to lie. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I was actually kind of surprised, and every team, every stadium seems to handle it differently, that they just basically did a 70-decibel din throughout the whole game, rather than elevate, you know, during big moments and stuff. They did still play, like, you know, the first down sound effects and stuff like that, but not dynamically changing the crowd noise based off the events on the field, which was interesting, because you score a touchdown and everyone's, you know, hyped, and it's the same level it was, you know, in the huddle. <laughs> the Ravens definitely brought, though, a lot of energy to this game a lot of uh enthusiasm and i think before we even touch on the offense we should talk about special teams because the special teams unit had an incredible time really great to see them block a fake punt attempt and uh totally shut it down i will say though that uh the luscious locks of of gillen totally uh this guy gave it away like you know was not in a normal stance for a punter right <laughs> <laughs> and and then he starts running. Levine immediately noticed. Uh, ball security was not, you know, probably practice. Boom, done. Like, <laughs> and then and then I love the missed field goal. I, I'm convinced it's because Siebert was looking at Gillian's hair and just in admiration. Like, <laughs> <laughs> oh man, this team could not get anything going. It, it was it was just a total disaster. Yeah, I have uh, I have two points to make on this. Very, very important that we get this across. One, Anthony Levine is the Ray Lewis of special teams. All right, if you're going to try to audible to any freaking play, Anthony Levine is going to catch it and he's going to get the special teams in the right position. He, he totally called that again. Like it was just an awful call by the Browns to be able to do that because the Ravens were ready. They got in the position. They forced a fumble. They got the turnover. So in fact, they just gained yards on you. You didn't even convert. And we actually gain yards on you. So it's just an awful, awful execution by the Browns uh, entirely. And then uh, they cut their kicker. Siebert, like, they cut him because he, he missed the extra point and he missed the field goal. I, like, can you just have, like, a worse week of special teams than that? It's just... <laughs> I mean, you can. The Tennessee kicker until the last kick of the game where he won it. Uh, yeah, Guskowski, like, yeah. He missed three in a row. I was like, this man... <laughs> terrible it's it's unbelievable man so many teams you know i i don't know you know i i i don't think that they think that you can't like not have special teams right you have to be somewhat competent in it because it can lose you the game but like it's just so different having a team that's very competent like best in the league on special teams and a team that is middle of the pack or below average just a complete lack of, of special teams can just really really hurt you you know, fortunately for the Browns, their defense was good enough so that that turnover only really cost the, the Browns three points. But even if we had the field goal, I mean, okay, now a six-point swing. You know, it, it could have very easily been a 14-point swing. You know, and with the Browns only scoring six, they need all the points that they can get. So, you know, you'd think you'd want to invest in that area of the ball a little bit more. But, man, that... <laughs> That that fake punt call is just it's just unbelievably bad. <laughs> I don't know how you I don't I just don't know how you call that against 
Anthony Levine and a John Harbaugh special teams unit. It's just, it's not going to work. And I think that also goes to show you the perils of a, of a first game coaching staff because it was quite obvious from anyone watching the game that the Ravens had snuffed that out before. Yeah, you know, you didn't, you didn't even have to like process that that's what was going on. You could see that there was an abnormal amount of, of pointing and, and repositioning on the Ravens' side before that ball was snapped. Like, it should have been obvious. The coach should have called the timeout there to be like, guys, they, they, they see it coming. Like, it's not going to work. <laughs> I'm just hoping one day people will recognize the fact that, oh, wait, like, John Harbaugh was a special teams coach. And it turns out, like, having really good special teams might be worth a damn. It's shocking to me that he's the only head coach with that, like, pedigree, not from an offense or defense uh, side of the ball. And it hasn't caught on more. But I guess it's just not sexy, right? Like, it's really hard to tell a fan base, like, oh, we've got this special teams ace to run our team now. But uh, they they don't say all three phases for nothing. These these kind of plays really do set up your team for success or failure. Yeah. And the worst part is, is, like, guys like Bill Belichick. Bill Belichick loves special teams. He will talk about special teams forever. Everyone wants to be Bill Belichick. <laughs> it's like, if you're at least if you're not going to listen to John... You know, look at the look at the goat. Look at that guy. He's won six Super Bowls. Like, <laughs> if he cares about special teams, maybe you should too. All right. Well, enough with our special team super pack initiative. Let's talk about the offense. It's incredible being a Ravens fan and going into a game and like knowing what to expect from the offense. I know we talked a little bit. You know, we had difference of opinions on how much the Ravens would win this game by, but. I'm pretty sure we all knew that the Ravens were going to score multiple touchdowns and they would have drives that would look easy. And like, I don't think anything the Ravens did on offense uh, on Sunday was unexpected, right? Uh, No, they were very good. (laughs) (laughs) I, I tweeted out during the game and I just want to talk about it real quick. You know, statistically, Lamar Jackson could never repeat right like everyone's saying oh there's no way this man can have that kind of efficiency no one does it it's only happened twice before the nine percent touchdown rate every time they regress and some people will tell you he's already regressed last season he had five touchdowns in the first game now only three he's done okay fair enough but what i will say is this like maybe he's actually that good I'm not trying to overreact from one game obviously but this is a lot of games at this point and his whole all his weapons got better all of his weapons got better I'm like, he might just do it again, and it's going to be so much fun to watch. Yeah, I, I, I think the the real big takeaway from this, too, is that for most of 2019, Lamar was, you know, quite a force and, you know, not only running the ball, but passing the ball. But, you know, as we all know here, it's like, you know, the running aspect of his game was still a very major part of the offense last year. I think other teams realize that. But what they don't realize is, is how good he is in those other phases of the game. And I think he's just taken that to a next level. Week one last year, he was throwing bombs to Hollywood the whole game, right? And everyone came out like, oh my God, he's a passer. I mean, that's nice at all. But if you have somebody like Hollywood Brown who could just run by everybody, it's not so nice. Like You just have to be accurate enough just to get him the football. But I mean, what he was doing on Sunday was just picking apart the defense. He's making a lot of underneath throws, a lot of intermediate throws to lots of different targets. I mean, Hollywood was involved. Andrews was involved. Sneed was involved. Boykin was involved. Duvernay was involved. 
uh, Boyle on a couple passes. I mean, he was throwing a lot of, of passes to to guys who ordinarily wouldn't get that volume. Don't get me wrong, he wasn't like the most accurate. There were a couple of passes, I think, that floated on him or he didn't put in exactly the right spot. But for the most part, man, he was putting dimes, uh, dropping dimes, you know, everywhere. And it's just fantastic to see. So many people, I think, last year would would have, have been like, no, nah, he can't make those passes. No, nah, he can't do this. He's a running quarterback. Can't do that. Well, he only had a handful of yards yesterday. And honestly, a lot of the runs that he had weren't all that successful. You know, I mean, last year he would pop off like eight, nine-yard runs without getting touched by anybody. Like, he didn't have a lot of those on Sunday. But he did have a lot of really awesome passes and, and was just doing short work at the Browns defense. And I tell you what, man, if, if he keeps that up, back-to-back MVP is looking like a very real possibility because this guy's going to be scary. Yeah, you got to love that Lamar Jackson had 45 yards rushing, 6.4 yards per carry, and that's considered uh, a bad game for him from a rushing perspective. Going back to some of his receivers, though, I think it was the Hollywood Brown, like, he looked improved from last year to me. That route he ran on that 47-yard pass was so smooth. And just on some of his other catches, you know, he's coming back to the ball. He looked a, a lot more polished. And he already looked polished last year coming out of college. So that's that's really exciting to think about for the rest of the season. Willie Sneed just came back. And, you know, he's still the same unselfish, dependable security blanket when, you know, no one else is open. We saw a little bit of a Miles Boykin sighting. I don't. I don't know if that incomplete pass in the end zone was on him or if or if Lamar underthrew it a bit. I could. It's was kind of close, but didn't matter because on the next play, Jackson found Mark Andrews for the second touchdown to Andrews of the day. We got to talk about that that two minute drill because we can still remember four or five seasons ago when the two minute drill. The Ravens didn't know how to run it at all. And yet, what we saw on Sunday there with Lamar Jackson just as a third-year quarterback and with those weapons, like that was a masterclass on how to run the two-minute drill. That that drive was, was perfect. <laughs> yep. It was very, very well done. I, I just watch these games and just appreciate, like, grateful. Uh, <laughs> we're just so good on offense now. Total masterclass, and I just want to talk about my boy, Hollywood Brown. I wish I had you in even more fancy leagues than I do. This guy, oh, he's the real deal. Like, who cares about the muscle? The The routes were perfect. The routes were incredible. The way he was snatching the ball out of the air, beautiful. Like, he was caught perfectly in stride. He made incredible comeback routes, great cuts to the outside, Excellent way to work the defense on the inside, have him commit and then flex out and give separation on that 47-yard pass. I mean, there's just so much to love about what you saw about Hollywood Brown. And he's going to just do it all year. It's going to be great. Like, they didn't actually have to pass all that much, right? Like, the the one thing we can say about this offense was incredibly efficient. Set up by uh, turnovers, right? And great play by the defense and special teams. But they were super efficient, they took care of business, and heck, if they had to do a 99-yard drive, they can do it. 10 plays. That was something to see. I mean, it was amazing. Just We haven't had a drive like that since 98, 2000. That's unbelievable. I honestly think James Prochet screwed up that uh, you know, punt just so that they could flex. You know? 
<laughs> Coach told me to. <laughs> Coach told me we needed to set up some more records. <laughs> yeah. Just a second, both of you guys. I mean, Hollywood was... I said it before the game. And this was one of the areas I was most looking forward to seeing. And uh, yeah, I mean, both of you guys are right. Hollywood definitely did not disappoint. Um, the other thing with that 47-yard uh, pass that he caught was not only was it a brilliant route, but I mean, he had to go up for that ball and fight for it. And, you know, I mean, we're, I think, so used to some receivers who wouldn't attack the ball like that in the air, especially the one, especially any receivers that the Ravens drafted, um, wouldn't really come down with that ball. If you were Steve Smith, he'd probably come down with it. Or an Anquan Bolden, he might come down with it. But it's the Hollywood Brown, man. It's a Ravens wide receiver that we've drafted. And it came down with a football like that. It's just uh, awesome to see. I'm so excited. As good as the pass game was on Sunday, I think just like we want to talk, wanted to talk about the run defense with the Ravens, we might want to talk about the run offense as well. Certainly produced, Ravens had 107 yards and two touchdowns on the ground, although that came on, on 30 carries for, so that was you know 3.6 yards per carry. We want to see that be a little better, but that's all they needed in order to win the game big uh what do you guys take away from the running game yeah I mean, it's a little concerning i mean the other thing to keep in mind right is i mean we talked about it last year i mean the browns do have a good front four front seven i think has had a little bit of a turnover but the guys on the defensive line i think are still there uh Ogum joby is pretty good miles garrett is pretty good uh, olivier vernon uh, also pretty good uh, sheldon richardson's not too bad as well so there are some pretty good guys that they do have up front. So I was kind of expecting them not to rely so heavily on the run, um, just given the you know matchups there. It's a little bit concerning. I mean, if you know, even if you look at like Mark Ingram, I mean, he had less than three yards a carry. That's definitely not common for for a guy like Mark Ingram. I, I think the Ravens are going to get it figured out. It just it probably won't be the same rushing offense that we've seen last year. You know, having a guy like Marshall Yonda, I think, really changes things and allowed you know allowed the Ravens to do a lot more. You know, even though we're barring you know Stanley comes back healthy, uh, really the only change is is on right guard. You think it would be there, but uh, you know, I have a feeling that there's going to be some some changes. I think that they're going to have to happen for for the Ravens to to really have a repeat success from last year, and it's probably going to take them a couple weeks to figure it out, but. One week probably isn't going to make me lose too much hope for it. Not yet. I'm actually not worried at all. Personally, I did not see, and I think it's intentional, I did not see much of the read option, much mesh point uh, chicanery, and I think it's extremely intentional. I think they know that they don't need to display the whole playbook just yet, and maybe in week three we can have a good conversation about what the running offense looks like because I think they're kind of saving some of the tricks up their sleeve as far as that goes. One thing I want to comment on is that Mark Ingram did look like himself. I was a little concerned going into the game, going into the pickup of J.K. Dobbins, that maybe he's not 100% after the injury. You know, we didn't see him at 100% in the playoffs. Maybe he would not be quite himself, and they were hedging against that. I don't think that's the case. He did look pretty good when he did get some space, but they just didn't seem to be trying all that hard to rush the ball. They just didn't seem to be scheming it. And 
very good point, Chris, that maybe it's because of Yonda being gone. They don't feel as comfortable to do some of the things they used to do with this new line. You know, Matt Skura had just an okay performance, like incredibly impressive that he was able to start after what happened uh, from his injury, but also just, I don't think it was as dominant. Tyre Phillips had a good game, but he definitely had some flaws. Uh, and hopefully Stanley's okay. It sounds like from the reports, he's going to be okay. I'm not too concerned about it just because I think there's a lot more to show and they weren't running some of the plays that you normally see. One thing I do want to talk about real quick is the Duvernay screen. That was super exciting and a part of the offense I'm hoping to see more of. And that's kind of a run play, right? Even though it is technically a pass, it is all dependent on blocking and kind of similar to a pitch out, just, uh, you know, throwing the ball. Oh, definitely agree. And, uh, it was cool to see a taste of his speed on that play too. I mean, he is, he's fast. Excellent points on, uh, on Skura and Phillips as well, Alec. Uh, I, I did want to bring up Skura and like you mentioned, you know, I, I thought he had an okay game. Uh, it looked a little rough on, on some blocks uh, as I was watching the replay. He got beat a couple of times, but hoping it'll just take him a couple more weeks to be able to get back to form. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, the, the, you just got to credit the guy and, you know, his doctors and, and everybody who, who participated in his recovery, because it's just amazing that he's actually on the field and, even looking as good as he is, just fantastic for for all that to happen. I mean, the last guy who had an injury like that, Nico Siragusa, uh, never really played for the Ravens again. <laughs> so we're uh, we're very happy to have Skura back and and hope he continues to improve. Another thing to point out was that with Tyre Phillips winning the right guard position, it might not even have been winning. We did see when Stanley went down, Fluker came in and played tackle, and to make success. But it didn't make sense to me. And I kind of, as the report started to suggest that Phillips could win the job, him being our number one tackle option makes a lot of sense. So I think that's the approach they're taking. They're using Fluker as the the tackle. But I think if, you know, for whatever reason, a guard went down, they would insert him there. Or actually, maybe even not. Now that I think about it, now I just say it out loud, maybe they put powers in because they just want to keep that versatility. I think that would probably be be the move. Yeah, to put powers in or put Bredesen in or, or somebody. You know, if Skura went down, they could put McCarry in. Yeah, yeah. Which is kind of funny because I know going into the uh, the off season, I was like, "Ah, Flickers won the job," but I did bring up the point that, like, you know, maybe he could be the swing tackle. But, um, but yeah, I mean, definitely after yesterday, I, th- I think that's the move. And one last point as we talk about the blockers, let's talk about the tight end group a little bit. Um, so after a disappointing fumble by uh, Ricard, you know, they did go back to him, and uh, that's kind of obvious because you know he's he's a great player. We all respect Ricard. But uh, I just want to talk about the target share towards Mark Andrews and uh, Nick Boyle. As a fantasy owner of Mark Andrews, I'm very excited. Uh, you know, he got uh, not more targets per se, but the fact that Hayden Hurst is not there sucking away some stuff, that's pretty great. Um, and Mark Andrews is definitely, I hope, you know, obviously I don't, I don't wish ill on Kittle and his injury, but with Kittle's injury, like, and the way that the offense is playing, I hope he's the number one tight end this year. Screw Kelsey. <laughs> <laughs> Um, he made my job way easier, you know. Man, man, they got top t- top two, not two in the league right now um, at tight end. Um, he made my job way easier, you know. If it's a DB guarding him, safety linebacker, it don't really matter. You know, he's he going to do a great job at getting open, and he's going to score a touchdown nine times out of ten. So that, that's my guy. He, he made my job a lot easier, for sure. Yeah, I mean, you got to look at it right now with – Hollywood Brown and Mark Andrews is really starting to get closer to looking like a tandem on the level of Tyreek Hill and, and Kelsey. I mean, they're they're close. 
They're really close. Yeah, Andrews was uh was really helping Lamar look a lot better on on some of those passes. I mean, that first touchdown to Andrews, Lamar could have put it in a better spot for sure. But you know, fortunately, Andrews is uh was able to make that grab as you know as he's made tons of grabs in, in his career and, and bring that down and and get the touchdown. I gotta say, you know, overall. Those two guys kind of, you know, seem to have picked up where they left off. I mean, they had, you know, not only that, but they had a bunch of plays where, you know, Andrews was kind of in a tight window and Lamar put it in the right, just the right spot for Andrews to make a play. Great to see that that's still continuing. You know, we wanted to to keep going. You know, as far as Boyle, yeah, I mean, you know, like you said, Alec, I mean, it didn't seem, you know, like they were pushing too hard on the run, but, you know, Boyle was still making his presence known and, and doing a lot of good things blocking. Uh, Lamar could have had a, a little bit of a better pass to Boyle. I, I think it was in the first or second quarter, and he would be able to get a couple more yards. Unfortunately, only three yards on two targets was was Boyle's stout line at the end of the day. Not great, but also not really what we expect from Boyle either. Do we get to MVPs or anything else we want to talk about? Oh, I think MVPs is good. <laughs> I guess since I'm going first, I have to pull the obvious. There's a lot of games last year we could have said this guy. We had to give love to other players. But this time last year, we were all marveling how how much of an improved passer this guy looked. And he just came out in this game, and Lamar just looked like he knew what he'd been there. The game, it just he made it look easy. Like, he is no longer just a running quarterback. You know, he wasn't, he wasn't that last year. He graduated, and now he knows what he's doing. And... He made it look easy. I think you got to give it to him. Three touchdowns, no turnovers, and never a doubt that he wasn't going to make the plays for the Ravens to win the game. Yeah, I think the only negative I'd have to say for Lamar, it was, there was one pass. I don't know if he's trying to get to Hollywood or something, but it fell a little bit short, and it could have been intercepted by the Browns. But other than that, like you said, Peter, he had a fantastic game. I think uh, it's a great choice for an MVP. Yeah, I think for my MVP, I'm, I'm going to go on the other side of the ball. I'm going to have to give it to Marlon Humphrey. Uh, as much as I want to give it to Patrick Queen, I, I think Marlon had a little bit more, I think, of an impact uh, overall on the game. Um, him and Peters both. I mean, it's it's hard not to kind of lump them together. But Marlon just had a, a fantastic game uh, shutting down OBJ and, and Landry. Those guys are very talented receivers. Marlon made short work of, of both of them just had a fantastic one and, and that pass deflection by Campbell uh, and have Marlon make that heads up play to turn that into an interception were just fantastic great to see that you know a player that was very good last year has just picked up right where he left off and hopefully the hand injury of his uh, is something uh, won't bother him too much in the long run well guys uh, you didn't say one of my guys I want to give an audible mention to Hollywood Brown I mean the breakout's are real. Watch out, guys. He's going to be great. But I did want to give a little bit of an out there one. I'm going to say all the rookies. So every rookie that contributed today, incredible. Like, given what we expected, I think they did more than that. You have DuVernay, who had that cool screen. And also, don't forget, he was our kick returner. And he actually had a really good return. He almost broke it. Props to DuVernay. Prochet, you know, disappointed that you didn't just catch that one ball, went to the one, but like we said, it was just a weird flex to show we can go 99 yards. Chris mentioned it. Patrick Queen had a very nice first game, created a turnover, had a sack. That's awesome. Malik Harrison, 
also contributed with deflected pass. And um, Washington, that we talked about at the top of the show, playing a very surprising amount of snaps and, and generating some pressure, right? Overall, the rookies all did great. Oh, yeah, and one more guy, my boy, J.K. Dobbins. <laughs> you know, he didn't get the 50% snap share I was hoping for, but he definitely got the two touchdowns, and that was pretty cool. Man, there's really, you know, no wrong answer from yesterday because if, if one of you guys said Lamar, I was going to give my MVP award to Anthony Levine and LJ Fort for that play because just kind of the timing in the game, you know, the Ravens had already gone up 7-0 and the Browns are trying to find some momentum and turning the ball over inside your own 20 just had to deflate any confidence that the team was had going for it. Now, granted, they did go back the next drive and get a touchdown, but I think still it was a, a big turning point in the game that had a huge impact on the Ravens having an easy time yesterday on Sunday. Well, with that, we're going to wrap up the show. Thanks so much for tuning in. It was a great week to see the Ravens back playing football, beating an NFL team in an NFL stadium. It was awesome. We'll be back later in the week to discuss the Houston Texans matchup. Pretty exciting game. Hopefully the Ravens are able to do with them what they did last year and totally wreck them and get another victory to increase to 2-0. But before then, we'd love if you'd give us a review and share the show with a friend. We're hoping to grow the show a lot this season. We're very excited about the Ravens, as you can tell, and I think it'll be a fun ride. So tell a friend. Hopefully you get a couple more subscribers and uh, just spread the love for the Ravens. We'll be back soon.